You are listening to Sparking Wholeness with Erin Carey, where we talk about all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey everybody, it's Erin Carey and welcome back to Sparking Wholeness. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. It's actually a simulcast with my good friend and mentor, Sandra Beck. She's the host of Military Mom and Motherhood Talk Radio. And we like to do simulcasts every once in a while that would fit both of our audiences. And on this specific episode, we are discussing the mindset of weight loss and how do we have a healthy mindset towards our bodies and weight. And before I get into that conversation, I do want to break down a few things that I think that I think are really important to discuss. There are things that I speak with my clients about, so you can consider this a free coaching session from me. And the number one thing is that whether we are gaining weight suddenly, whether we are losing weight suddenly, it could be an indicator that our body is out of balance. It doesn't always indicate that you have a you know, lack of willpower or a control issue with food or you're a food addict. I've heard that a lot in my office. Well, I'm just a food addict and that's that's what it is. Um, our body stores weight for a lot of reasons, just like type 2 diabetes isn't always just a blood sugar thing. It can be a stress thing, right? Weight gain is the same deal. Weight loss, extreme weight loss, extreme weight gain, could be a symptom of something else that's out of balance in your body. So if you are storing a lot of stress, if there's a lot of stress in your life, and if you have a constant outpouring of cortisol, that is going to impact your metabolism. If you have a thyroid that you are struggling with, that absolutely is going to have an impact on your metabolism, whether you receive a speedy metabolism from it or more commonly, a very slow metabolism. All of us, I truly believe, all of us have a set point weight where our bodies kind of have this happy place. A lot of the times my set point weight, I will say, is higher than what I think that it should be, but it's a healthy place for me. So I find that if I am over my set point, and I don't weigh myself anymore, I haven't weighed myself in three years, but clothes-wise, right? If my clothes start fitting a little tighter than normal, then usually that's an indication for me that there is some underlying inflammation going on, or there is something that I'm doing, maybe I'm not getting enough sleep, maybe my hormones are, are off, you know, maybe I have decided to over-exercise. When I over-exercise, I store weight because life is stressful enough. So you add on an exercise stressor, that takes it to the next level. Or another thing for me that can happen is when I'm just busy and going through life surviving, my body never gets a chance to rest and digest. And our bodies truly thrive best when they're in the the parasympathetic state, which is rest and digest. When our bodies are in fight or flight, when there's a lot going on and we are not dealing or managing our stress well, then that is when our bodies will choose to store weight or sometimes we can lose excess weight. And that could have to do with digestive concerns. So the picture that I'm trying to paint for you is that it's not all about the weight. However, the weight is the part that bothers us because that's what we see on the outside. And so here we are entering, you know, the season of sugar and candy and holiday eating and all of that. And for some people, it can cause us to want to feel really rigid and restrictive and like, oh, I can't have that. Oh, I can't do that. I want you to remember that those can't thoughts in your head 
are stressful. And every time that you tell your body, I can't do something or I shouldn't do something, your body picks up on that. Every single thought you think is a chemical messenger to the rest of your cells. And so what do I always say? A body in stress won't digest. If you are stressing over what you can or can't have, if you're stressing over the holiday dinner and whether it's going to fit your needs and you know, whatever way, that may be more damaging than if you just eat the sweet potato casserole. Okay. So that's a really weird example, but I think it's a really good time to take stock, take inventory of your thought processes surrounding food and how food is nourishing to you and how your thoughts are nourishing to your body because it's not just about the weight. The weight is where we get hung up. So a huge first step towards healing is adjusting your mindset and your thoughts because when we can bring balance to our thoughts, when we can become observational, and when we can take a step back and just ask ourselves, man, I've really been beating myself up lately. What is that about? When we can do that, then we can truly partner with our body. You cannot heal in a body you hate. You can't heal in a body that you are constantly beating up. So I really would love, as we are getting into this conversation of mindset about weight loss, I want to make sure and give you that free health coaching tip that changing our thoughts about our bodies and our thoughts about even the food that we eat can be a really positive first step toward healing our relationship with food, healing our relationship with our bodies, and allowing our bodies a chance to heal and navigate naturally toward the set point weight. And that does bring with it some daily habits. When we are stressed about our thoughts about food, when we're stressed about our thoughts about our body, it's harder for us to make the decisions we want to make because we are acting on stress hormones, stress chemicals. We're acting out of the amygdala and we have a disconnect with our prefrontal cortex, which is where we make good decisions. So Take a step back, take some deep breaths and evaluate your relationship with your body, evaluate your relationship with food so that you can make clear steps moving forward and do some of these things that we mentioned in this episode. And it doesn't have to be a huge overhaul. That's the thing. A lot of people, they want to plan. They want like a five-step program or a one-month or a two-month program. And those can be great. But most of the time, I will say in my own life, the healing that I have found is through the daily steps, little things. Many, many years ago for me, it started off with exercise. All I had to do was get into an exercise pattern. And then later, I ended up taking supplements, taking some supplements that were filling some gaps. I felt better. And then a little bit after that, I quit drinking Dr. Pepper and Coke and all the diet drinks and I felt better. And pretty soon I eliminated bread from my diet. I know that sounds really extreme and maybe restrictive, but I realized that that was something that my body wasn't tolerating well. And I really didn't need in my life because I could get a lot of nutrition from other sources. And so I eliminated that and that helped me to eliminate even more of my sugar cravings and my cravings for baked goods. But this was a long process. This didn't happen in a month of Whole30. We want those programs, but it's truly those daily habits that make an impact. So those are all my free coaching tips for you. I hope you enjoy this conversation with me and my friend, Sandra Beck. She's always super interesting to talk to. She is a cancer survivor. She's a single mom. She's also taking care of her aging father. And so she just has a lot of wisdom to offer on the practicality of these things. On to the interview and discussion with my friend, Sandra. 
Hey everybody, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Erin Carey and we are talking about weight loss mindset today. You know, Erin, when you get to be a certain age, especially as a mom, I think that managing your weight has to become part of your daily consciousness. You know, I know when I turned 40, that was the, the, the kind of like the big wake up call for me. That's when I really realized I couldn't continue to eat the way I was doing. I couldn't <laughs> continue to uh, do the type of workouts I was doing. You know, my life became very complicated as a single mom with two kids. So the idea of going to the gym for an hour and a half while my husband watches the kids, you know, no longer happening. And I found that I could only do fitness things when my kids were maybe at their dad's for the weekend like versus mm -hmm. when you have a partner it's much different so not only did my physiology change at that point but my lifestyle changed and I found that I really needed to change my mindset because one of the things that plagued me for a long time was, you know, I was a swimmer and I, I swam, you know, up until my freshman year of college. And if it wasn't an hour and a half workout, Aaron, it wasn't valid. It wasn't <laughs> worth doing. And then I'm like looking at my schedule going, well, where do I put an hour and a half in? I can't. Can I put in five, 15 minutes? Can I put in 10, 10 minutes? Like, yeah, I can. But my mindset was really, those aren't good workouts. They're just not good enough. Yeah, no. And, and that's funny. I'm, I don't know why we have this collective mindset that is like that, but that is definitely a very real thing. And I know for me, exercise has been such an important part of, of my mental health journey. And it was one of the first things that I incorporated that was really beneficial for my brain health. And so that started, you know, in my mid twenties, but I thought that was, you know, training for a half marathon. And when you train for a half marathon, you are, I mean, you've got your long run days and there might be days that I was out for hour and a half, two hours running, sure. just straight running. And when you become a mom, when you have little kids, and like you said, especially if you're a single mom or whatever life circumstance is going on, it's a lot harder to make that time to get that long run in. But I will say, I have found that that extended cardio can be a little bit stressful for women when they have so much going on. So it seems to benefit more women to have shorter bursts of, of exercise, whether that's strength training or just doing squats or push-ups or, you know, incorporating movement throughout the day, as opposed to one set time, which just isn't realistic, like you're saying for many women anyway. Um, but I just don't know if even if we look at ancestrally, it doesn't make sense to have, you know, an hour, an hour and a half of exercise and then sitting on our butt for the rest of the day. I don't no. think our ancestors did that. I don't think humanity exploded because that's what people were doing and right. that's what we're doing. And we are sure are seeing a whole lot of health issues, you know? So I think that kind of going back to the, the old fashioned idea of movement. I mean, these days I get, I can get grocery delivery. I got Amazon delivery. Sure. I don't have to get out and walk around a store even. Right. So that natural movement is barely happening. And so I think it's kind of time to take that back and add the natural movement in throughout the day that where it's, it's more intuitive to where we are in our seasons of life, instead of adding on an extra stressor on top of so many other life stressors that are getting us discouraged, you know? Right. 
Well, you know, and it's it's funny you say that because I saw this really good, um, and I'm not I sh I should have grabbed her name on Pinterest. I was looking up like how do you, you like cool ways to use your Google Calendar because I'm a big you know, Google Calendar, and you know, obviously, you know, there's all different versions of the Google Calendar and different brands, but for this purposes, I'm going to just explain mine. When I put my son's schedule in, my younger son is in green, my older son is in blue, my work my you know work work is in pink and my radio is in purple and then my dad's schedule is in gray because he's old and then my household <laughs> schedule Aaron is in yellow because you know I do certain things Friday I put chlorine in the pool Mondays I I grocery shop you know Wednesday I do the towels you know Thursdays like I have it all you know lined up so I can kind of click between my calendars so I'm always looking for like great tips and ideas and I came across this girl who put her workouts in orange and it was the coolest thing Erin because they weren't big blocks of an hour she had I hope I'm getting it right but I'm, I'm going to do this in my calendar today because it's so cool she had right in the morning when she gets up she does three 30 second planks and then she goes on on her day and then whatever job she had she gets a 10 30 break so at her 10.30 break, she's going to do three flights of stairs in her company building. Mm -hmm. And then her lunch break had a little orange bar, and it said 25 squats. Like, she had put these huh, little... that. Yeah, these little micro-workouts throughout her day, and none of them were enough to really make her sweat and stink and not be able to go back to her desk. Right. <laughs> but she's like, you know, she figured out that... If she did five days a week in her office and she went up and down this two flights of stairs three times a day, she gets a good 20-minute Stairmaster workout. Now, now, is it consistent? Is it going to build endurance? No, but you're still having that same activity. It's just mm -hmm. broken up into little pieces. And she's like, I don't do enough that I get super sweaty that I'm going to sit at my desk and stink. Yeah. And, and I think that that's so realistic that anybody can fit that in. You know, I, I used to be a teacher. I have a lot of friends who are teachers and the biggest complaint I hear from teachers is that they're exhausted. There's not enough time. They have to get to school so early. You know, there are a lot of, and that's true for, for many people who are working sure. outside of the home. It's just a packed day. And so if you look at breaking it up into bite-sized chunks like that, that's huge. For me, one of the things I've been doing consistently the last two months um, is just, and it started with just an idea of a 15 minute morning walk to get sun in my eyes. And that was more, you know, to stimulate um, serotonin production that'll convert to melatonin later so I can sleep better at night. I was just doing some different hacks, you know, to see what would be yeah, helpful. Uh -huh. Yeah. And there's a hill behind my house. It's pretty, it's, it's like a Stairmaster. You go up, you go down, you go up, you go down. It's, it's a great street. There's barely ever, I mean, there's bunnies and skunks, but other than that, <laughs> I, I really don't see a whole lot of people out there. And so it's just me and my dog. And we do that every morning. Well, that 15 minutes sometimes turns into 20, sometimes turns into 25. And it's been consistent enough now that it's a habit. And I'm like, oh, well, at, at that point, you know, it's seven o'clock, 730. Oh, I feel like I did something and it makes me feel more um, inclined to do something else later on in the day that's going to be active because it's just a little bit, it's almost like I got just a little teaser <laughs> of a workout, you know, and it just makes me feel better. I mean, and we're talking about weight loss, you know, 
there are not a lot of studies that show, you know, huge difference in weight loss for people who work out versus people who don't. But we do know that exercise supports insulin sensitivity. It supports detoxification. It helps to, you know, change microbiome structure in the gut so that we have a better balance of good bacteria and bad bacteria. And that is going to be helpful when it comes to weight loss. And I mean, there are a thousand benefits toward exercise that can help even, I mean, even when it comes to sugar cravings, don't you feel that when you are moving throughout your day, you're choosing foods that are a little bit more health promoting for your body? Yeah, because you're a lot of times you're thirsty. You know, if you work out, you know, and I, I, I walk in the morning every morning that I can. And then I teach five classes during the week at night. And so it's forced workouts, Erin, because I do my classes with my students. I'm not one of those instructors that just sits up there and, you know, screams. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but when you work out in the morning, like you will be thirsty and coming into mm-hmm. the coming into your your kitchen when you're thirsty, you're not going to reach for a donut. You're not going to reach for a bagel. Those are dry things. You're going to reach for something like I, I want my smoothie. I want to make, I'll grab a a piece of fruit because you need that hydration. Your body knows what it's doing. And when we talk about the amount of water in something and the calorie density, usually the higher water, the less, you know, calories Mm -hmm. it has. So one of my favorite drinks that I make when it's hot, you know, I have to walk early, like six in the morning or seven in the morning here before it gets a hundred degrees. I come back and I have cubed up watermelon that I throw in my blend jet and I whiz it with a little bit of like ice. So I get that fruit juicy, like taste that I'm craving, you know, cause you're thirsty and you want something like sugary and sweet. And so when you cube up watermelon and it's chilled and then you throw it in a little blender with a little bit of ice, you have this really refreshing, yummy, and you're getting the fiber and you're getting all the good things in it. You're not juicing it. You're just grinding it up into a juice. Um, That is one of my favorite things in the morning. And it's just, you sit down and it's like my whole day is bright. Now let's fast forward to when I have some weird reason I have to get up and be on the radio at like five in the morning because of a time zone. I don't get my workout in. I don't, I walk in the kitchen and what sounds good? Comfort food. Yeah, that's Bagel true. sounds good. Cream cheese, you know, buttered bread, maybe a donut, you know, a muffin, all of those like nurturing things that are like, oh my God, I feel so good when I eat this when they're really not good for you try it like just try it try one morning where you get up and work out come into your kitchen see what you crave and then do a non-workout day and walk in your kitchen and see what you crave yeah well you know and i think a lot of times we crave comfort food because our endorphins are low because for, for various reasons and what does exercise do it lifts our endorphins naturally and so i think that that's a really good point the other thing that I have been finding that's been so beneficial for me, for my kids, for women I work with is paying attention to protein during the day. When I choose protein at, whether it's for a snack or, you know, a regular meal, when I make sure I'm being intentional about my protein, I am not going to be 
craving sugar as much. I'm not going to be craving carby things as much because protein is so satiating and protein contains amino acids that convert to our neurotransmitters. And that's the, that's been a huge focus for me with a lot of clients lately is just looking at 20 to 30 grams of protein every three to four hours. And that's just the size of the palm of your hand, right? And it could, it could come in all sorts of different forms. So for people who you're like, well, I don't like animal protein because I don't digest it well, or, you know, or I'm, you know, whatever reason people don't, that's fine. There are lots of other protein sources that you can get. And I've noticed the days that I don't get enough protein, I don't feel as good. And I, I'm not as motivated to do anything or to make healthy choices at all. And so, you know, I don't have to tell my brain, Oh, let's be intentional about carbs and sugar. Let's be intentional. That's something that comes naturally <laughs> just because it, it tastes right. good. It's, it's a quick source of fuel, which is not a bad thing. That's a great thing. I'm so glad that we have quick sources of fuel to get our brains going, but I have to be intentional about my protein, about my fat, about my veggies. And when I have my endorphins going from any kind of movement, whether that's 20 squats, 10 squats, I don't know, a plank that is going to also help to slow that quick, you know, like, Oh, I have to have, you know, there's a place in town that has frozen custard. And in the summer, that is just like, it, that place blows yeah. up. Everybody loves frozen custard. Yeah. And that's like, I get those immediate cravings like, Oh, I need to have, well, wait a minute. What do I really need to have? Right. Do I just want the comfort of that food? Well, how else can I get that comfort? You know, and that's, that's a way we got to check in with ourselves. If sure. we want to create sustainable habits that are going to lead to some kind of a long-term, you know, I wouldn't even say weight loss. Some people just want to have maintained weight balance, right. To where it's not fluctuating all the time. Right. Well, and you know, there's like kind of like my donut rule that you're talking about, like we get. Krispy Kremes out here. That's like the big mm -hmm. thing. And they're at every kid event. Like there's always uh -huh. a box there. And I know myself, Erin, I'm always going to have one. Like, because if I don't, good. I get bitchy and I get mm -hmm. like, I feel mm -hmm. angry, but I'm like, okay, if I know I'm going to be around this stuff, I will have my protein shake before I go to one yeah. of these events because the protein shake I'm sorry, the protein shake helps me eat one donut, not four. Yeah. So those like plain Krispy Kreme donuts are like little sugar air pillows. Like oh my they gosh, they are. Down. I mean, I could eat three of those and not even feel full. But if you have your protein shake or maybe have a couple eggs, you know, or egg whites and um or some turkey, like I'll I'll purposely pre-eat that because I know when I get there, I'll be able to have more self-control. Yeah, that's true. I, I I like doing that for any event that I'm going to, because I never know what there's going to be, you know, is it going to be pure sugar stuff? Is, are there going to be other options? And so I do, yeah, I love the idea of having just some kind of protein on hand. My, my kids and I, we are all really big fans of meat sticks right now. We get the grass fed beef sticks oh, yeah. and oh, just God. have those on hand, like, especially when we go to the pool, you know, or if we're outside in the heat, cause you know, it's hot in where I live until probably October. Yeah, <laughs> so right. it's like, it's always good if we're feeling drained. And I noticed for one of my kids, and I think this is true for adults too, but one of my kids, it really minimizes his tantrums and mm. fits when he has protein. I mean, if he just has a straight, just a piece of bread or something, I can guarantee you there will be some kind of a fit coming. Yep. <laughs> He's right. got to balance it out. And I think that that's, a, that's just not important, you know, 
the whole topic, I guess, is weight loss. But when we are in a calm state of mind and food can create that for us, we are going to make different choices when we're not feeling calm when we're feeling overwhelmed and we're feeling a lot of sorts, like we can't get anything done the way we want to get it done. It's a free for all when it comes to what we eat and what we do and how we act. And so food can really be calming. And I, protein is a big way to do that. Exercise can be really calming in that way as well. I think those are great habits to instill. Sure. Well, it's like, you know, when I think of my family and I think of the Jewish funerals, like there's always bagels there. Like what a shock, you know, you're at a funeral, <laughs> like what is the best comfort food? And, you know, you take a bagel, you put some cream cheese, you put locks on it, mm-hmm. you know, maybe some red onion, like who isn't happy? Yeah. My mouth is actually watering. <laughs> right. You know, but if you know what your triggers are, like I know my triggers are cookies and just the plain Krispy Kreme donuts. I don't care about all other, you know, there could be a whole pile of fancy donuts. Don't care. Give me that just plain glazed, you know, goodness. Um, if I know I'm going to be around those, like that's about prepping. And I love what you said about the beef sticks um i also keep little packs of nuts they sell those little almond Mm -hmm. packets because if you can get something in you before you go to these events because i do think i look at the moms and i can watch a mom of a kindergartner and many of the times by the time that kindergarten is third fourth fifth grade they've put on 20 30 pounds yeah yeah it's really common Yeah. And it's, and that's increasing at a really, really high rate right now. There are all sorts of report, new reports I've been reading about that and how, you know, just kids limiting um, kids activities the last few years, you know, not going to school and being home and doing school on screens and stuff. It's taken a toll and the eating out and processed foods, it does take a toll, but the good news is, is that there are little things we can do to change that. And I love the idea of almonds. Almonds are so underrated. I recently just started having those again at night. Like there's that, there's something about like, I want a bedtime snack, right? I just want something on my stomach, not right before I go to bed, but a little bit after dinner, almost like a, like a treat or something. And just, I'm talking 10 almonds at night where I'm sitting down drinking water, you know, just having my almonds, they taste good. They do something for blood sugar. You know, they are very helpful. Even a spoonful of almond butter can be really helpful for people that struggle with blood sugar fluctuations, especially that lead to, um, it can lead to insomnia and sleep issues, but I recently reintroduced almonds and it's just, it's been kind of my, my treat at night. And sometimes I add a little dark chocolate too. That's good. Sure. But you know, there are lots of things that we can do that we feel like we are treating ourselves. Um, but it, but it does actually have a really healthy effect on our bodies. And I know it sounds crazy, but, um, a lot of it has to do with rituals and habits, right. And just what is a ritual for you. And if your nightly ritual is, eating, you know, a bunch of chocolate chips and ice cream and putting peanut butter on that or whatever it is. Okay. That's fine. But you could just switch that to something else. That's not going to have as much sugar. That's not going to be as indulgent, but still is going to feel like it's something that you're doing just for yourself. You know? Well, it's like my favorite replacement ice cream trick. You know, I grew up in I'm a, was my whole family loves ice cream. Like when mm-hmm. you said custard, I'm like, oh my God, I'm right there, Aaron. Like, yeah. let's go get one right now. Like I'll fly down there. We'll go get our <laughs> custard. But my favorite, you know, I take a, a cup of like a half or three quarters of a cup of Greek yogurt 
And then I put a little bit of Splenda in it or some sort of artificial sugar because I'm me. But then I put <laughs> one drop of real vanilla, not fake vanilla, real vanilla. I mix it up. And then if you put like a small like quarter cup of frozen berries, like rock hard frozen berries, once they hit that yogurt, they like wrap around those frozen berries and they create like an ice cream texture. And then I put a little bit of chopped almonds on top. It is so good. It is like a berry frappe, whatever, but mm. you're really talking only, you know, it's got protein in it, you know, and if you choose the right, right Greek yogurt and you have your frozen berries and they have to be rock hard, like where you, you know, when you bite into that blueberry, it's like crunchy cold ice cream because part of the thrill of ice cream is the cold. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I, I have a thing that it's similar to that with Greek yogurt that I, I think of as my peanut butter cheesecake <laughs> and it's Greek, yo plain Greek yogurt, no sugar added, you know, yeah. and then plain peanut butter, no sugar added, mix that together, add a little bit of honey and maybe some chocolate chips. It's great. It truly tastes Ooh. like cheesecake and I don't even like cheesecake, but I like this. And then I know, okay, I'm getting my protein and, you know, peanut butter and dairy, they contain tryptophan and so do bananas and tryptophan is what converts to serotonin and oh. serotonin is what makes us feel like we've had enough. It makes us feel calm. And then it converts to melatonin when we're sleeping. So, you know, so I think that that's a great hack too, just to make sure, you know, do a Google search on tryptophan rich foods. If you're eating tryptophan rich foods, that a lot of times can help cancel out cravings, make you feel like you've had enough of all sorts of things. Cause when we're talking about weight loss, weight balance, you know, wanting to continue to sustain healthy habits, there's this, this almost, I don't know, almost like a FOMO, you know, yeah. all the time of like, well, I really want that. Well, I'm trying to be good or well, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to not have that right now. And if we're eating enough foods that make us feel calm and safe and content, like the tryptophan rich foods, then we don't have to worry about that. Right. Right. And, you know, from our emotional standpoint, you know, when we label foods good and bad, like, you know, this food is good, this food is bad. Mm -hmm. This is something that I learned recently using the Noom app, where I'm like, I had a whole list of foods that were bad and a whole list. And so when I was mad and I was like feeling I deserve something, like, what do I do? I go to the naughty list, you know, and mow through, you know, lawnmower down the naughty list. You know, nobody's mad and is going to grab a cup of broccoli. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> it just sounds true. ridiculous when I say that. Um, but finding out, you know, the emotional component, like if I'm going to bed at night and I don't have my dessert, now I feel deprived. But if I make my little yogurt bowl with some nuts for crunch, the, you know, the cold frozen fruit and then the creamy dairy and then a little bit of, you know, sugar and, and, um, and flavoring with the vanilla. Now I go to bed satisfied and there is something to be said about getting into bed at night when you're resentful you're craving something you're Absolutely. not set up for a good night's sleep and you got eight mm -hmm. hours ahead of you versus my little you know or your peanut butter hack i'm going to try that tonight because it sounds really good it's good um especially with some dark chocolate chips like yes, yes. Mm -hmm. um you know, but we can make these things, we can have something, like you said, that's satisfying. Going to bed satisfying has to create a better sleep environment than going to bed resentful. 
Absolutely. And I think that that's a really good heart check for a lot of people is we create these rigid rules around what we eat. And a lot of times because it has to do with an image that we want to achieve or, and and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think for some people that can be defeating because they're not seeing that image very quickly. So sometimes it's more helpful to go, okay, how do I feel eating this food afterwards? If it makes me feel great. And if it helps me sleep, you know, if it's, and I feel that, that this is going to be, you know, boosting my brain or any of these things that can be more helpful than that whole, like, well, I can't have that, or I can't have this. Cause you know what I always say, Sandra, a body in stress won't digest. So it doesn't matter what you're eating. If you're stressing about it, you're not going to digest it well. And digestion is really important if we want our body functioning best. And so we have to look past these like short-term goals and look at the long-term, like, what do I want long-term? What do I want 20 years from now? I want cognitive function. I want to be able to move my body freely. You know, like I, I want to use what I have now to get me where I want to be 20 years from now. And that means little tiny tweaks here and there. It doesn't mean suffering. And it doesn't mean putting food into these ridiculous categories that we've done for so many years, you know, it was like low fat and then reduced calorie. And then it's like, we have all of these labels that we do with foods and that just gets stressful. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Now we have that one, right? Yeah. yeah, It's just when we just start thinking about, okay, what is going to nourish my body and my brain? What's going to nourish me? Yes. And to help me do all of the things that I need to do that sets up a better path for the future long-term than this just temporary, I got to lose 10 pounds fast. So what's the, what's the shortcut, you know? What's the shortcut? Right, right. Like get a butter knife, cut off your stomach. Like there's the shortcut. Right. Like, <laughs> there it is. Barring that, like, you've got to make <laughs> some changes. And I think that, you know, the gentleness and the kindness we extend to ourselves during the weight loss process or weight management, or like in my son's case, the weight gain, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, yeah. I would never have thought it's a pain to eat and keep eating and eat more different things because you can't gain weight. Like, yeah. That's and that's a, a real struggle for a it lot is of a people. Real struggle. Mm-hmm. And especially, you know, for a boy and a growing boy and, um, you know, but honoring the emotions that go with eating you know nobody's saying being an emotional eater no one's saying to solve your problems through a bag of chips but we are talking about creating something that we can eat and we can enjoy because when we have the enjoyment Aaron all of a sudden all of those good things start coming zipping around our body and we sleep better and we really set ourselves up for success yes absolutely and I think that when, when I feel that I have energy throughout my day, my brain feels clear when I'm sleeping better at night, those are all indicators that I am on the right track. You know, it doesn't have to show up as pounds lost on the scale. I just, I check in again, it's that heart check in. Okay. Do I feel well right now? If not, let me tweak some things. If I do, okay, then I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And if that ends up with, you know, changes physically that, that I enjoy, great. If not, I know that what I'm doing is health promoting and I can keep doing them. Right. 
Right. Absolutely. You know, and when you're healthy, when you're fit, because I can look at myself when I was unhealthy, when I was unfit, and when I was going through my treatments, and I look at the difference, you can look in the mirror and, you know, and this is part of being that mindfulness that's slowing down a little bit. Look in the mirror and really look at yourself. Do you look tired? Do you look healthy? Mm -hmm. Do you, you know, how are you standing? You know, being aware of what's going on in our body has a lot to do with weight loss as well because if you look in the mirror and you go i don't like myself i don't like all these things yeah you can defeat yourself or you can go you know what my hair looks great i have a lot of good things what could i improve today what little change could i make today and maybe that's just take a walk maybe mm -hmm. it's swap out a piece of fruit for a cookie you know nobody's saying doing it all the time you know not all or nothing thinking but give yourself a chance to improve and also give yourself time because you didn't get into whatever state you're in that you don't like yesterday. This didn't mm -hmm. start like yesterday morning. You know, these are cumulative behaviors that have built up over years. So give yourself a little time, give yourself a little grace and the less stressful you make it, the better your outcome will be. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Just little by little one step at a time, day by day, yep. and all those things add up. They do. They do. Well, Erin, I want to thank you today for doing a simulcast with me. We will be back again soon with another great episode. Bye. The tiniest spark leads to the biggest blaze. And I hope that today's episode sparks you on a journey to healing and wholeness. Thanks for listening to Sparking Wholeness. For more information on what I do and my coaching programs, or maybe just to reach out and say, hey, find me at sparkingwholeness.com or on Instagram at sparkingwholeness. Have a fabulous week.